It's time for Issues of the Environment on 89.1 EMU, a time each week that we sit down and uh, look to an expert for answers on questions that are coming up regarding the state of the environment in our community or issues that might be affecting us as a community based on environmental concerns. The guest for today is Rick Lawson, the watershed planner for the Huron River Watershed Council. And we're going to be talking about salt, specifically salt in our waterways. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. Um, just uh, real quickly, Rick, uh, tell us uh, what you do at the Watershed uh, Council. Well, I am, as you said, a watershed planner, and I work on developing uh, management plans for different parts of the watershed uh, to address any particular issues uh, that are going on. Specifically, I focus on uh, stormwater okay. uh, runoff, and I run a, um, a chemistry and flow monitoring program for the Watershed Council. So stormwater runoff is probably one of the ways that uh, road salt makes its way into our waterways. So let's talk for a moment about that. Uh, first off, we use a lot of salt on our roadways. And um, what is the, the, the potential impact that these tons of salts could have on our waterways? And then we'll get into the discussion of what the measurements you've done uh, in the, the study that was done. But tell us first, what could we begin to see as a result of continually dumping the salt on our roadways that makes its way into our water? Yeah, well, uh, the, the salt does eventually find its way to storm drains and gets into our streams and, and ultimately the river, uh, the Huron River here. And what the, that impact does is over time that uh, those salts uh, will build up. Um, they can build up in the, in the streams, but that gets flushed down into, uh, into lakes. And, and there the, it can settle and slowly uh, salinate uh, the water. And so and, and what that can do is it can have impact on all the life that's living there that uh, typically is dependent on freshwater. And um, many of the species that, that live in our freshwater systems are not adapted to those higher levels of, of salinity. In fact, we have some data that shows that when the, um, uh, when the salts exceed a certain uh, level, uh, some of our more sensitive um, uh, uh, species, um, uh, some of the bugs uh, in, that live in the water, um, die off. And uh, we see a dramatic uh, decrease in those uh, in those. Uh, so we looked at some research that uh, you've presented as well. They, they took a look at 371 lakes, including some across Michigan. And right now they're saying that 44% are at risk of long-term salinization and that 12% of lakes likely to become brackish by 2050. So I just used two words there that I think most people kind of get what we're talking about, but let's, uh, let's kind of uh, let people know at what point is a lake or body of water considered to become salinized? Is there a threshold that at which point there's just, it's settling and they can't absorb anymore and it starts to creep back into the water? I mean, what is, what is considered salinized water? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, EPA has set some uh, standards uh, for concentrations of salts or salinity in the water, uh, making it brackish, uh, brackish sort of being in between uh, fresh water and salt water. Um, and they do set these limits. Uh, th those are based on um, aquatic life impacts. And um, so when you cross a certain threshold, then, then that lake starts to uh, transform. So you're and, saying, uh, just, to, just to break in there, that even a small amount of salt has some impact, but as the salt levels increase, what you're measuring is the impact on a larger amount of species, both uh, uh, animal and plant life uh, within the water itself. And then things that that stream feeds obviously could be affected by that down the road. So you're looking at various levels of salinity, and all, every one of them having an impact, but the larger it gets, the worse off we are. Yeah, that's, 
That's correct. Salt use is not a new phenomenon in Michigan, especially, but uh, you know, anywhere that there are extremely cold temperatures that we have to deal with ice on our roadways. Um, is the trend in salt use going up or down? Is this a, a concern that's held by people like at the Washtenaw County Road Commission, or, or is this a relatively new concern that hasn't made its way into other parts of our governmental agencies yet? No, it has been it has been known about uh, for quite some time. I mean, it's pretty obvious. You know, we put salt down on the roads, and the more you use, it's, it, you know, it's going to go somewhere. It eventually gets washed off. It does, doesn't just disappear. Um, so uh, the uh, places that use it pr- primarily, the road agencies, <laughs> have known about this for for some time. And uh, when you ask the question of are we using more or less, it really depends on on where you look. Um, some municipalities uh, will have uh, transformed the way that they are applying salt. Uh, for example, the city of Ann Arbor um, uses um, some smart technology where they're looking at the weather, they're looking at the amount of snow, the, the temperature conditions, and they're applying salt only as much as they need. They mix it with sand, um, and then their spreaders also um, you know, can be calibrated to those, to, to those conditions so that they minimize their salt use. And so actually in, in our urban environments, while we're seeing high levels of salts um, in our urban streams as compared to our more rural streams, um, we're not seeing a dramatic increase in that either. So we're not seeing the trend that that, uh, uh, that, that uh, report um, indicated um, here in, in local to Ann Arbor and Ypsilanti. Let's talk for Another, a minute. Let's talk for a minute about visible signs as as we're moving around in our community. And obviously, we're we're a very outdoor friendly community, so we spend a lot of time in our lakes and our streams. What do we see as salinity levels increase? What it, what visual impact could we see to to just look and say, hey, you know what, this might be an area that there's a lot of salt buildup. Yeah, so the most obvious thing uh, that you'll probably see um, in in the community is along the, the roadway, um, waterway. So if you have any, you know, roadside wetlands or, or ditches, um, you'll see that those are starting to get invaded by uh, reed canary grass and some other um, species that are salt tolerant. Um, so you won't see a wide diversity of plant life in those uh, in those waterways. And around, um, you know, if you see lakes that start to get dominated by, uh, by those types of species, that may be an indicator that, um, that salt levels are increasing there. Is that, is that qualified as an invasive species that, uh, that plant? I know that like cattails, for example, are um, har- horribly invasive if they make their way into certain waterways. Is this mm-hmm. environment that we're creating actually an, a problem that compounds itself by allowing for different type of plant species to come in and grow that wouldn't have been there and thrives, and then in addition, the water itself is becoming less conducive to plant or animal life. Yeah, that it is. It's a um, it's a feedback loop that tends to perpetuate those um, those invaders. Yes. So let's talk about local levels. Obviously, you uh, you do a lot of work on the Huron River. How is our river? So the river itself is in is in really good shape. Um, uh, the the indicator that we use for measuring salts in general is called conductivity, and it's really just a measure of the electricity that can pass through the water. And the more salt you have, the more electricity, or the faster you can pass that current. Um, what we're seeing in the rivers, in the river, at our river sites, are pretty low levels of conductivity. They're below um, thresholds that we set where we start to see some impacts. Um, However, in our, in our urban creeks, in our urban tributaries, we're seeing really high levels. 
um, especially in the winter, but also through the summer, um, through our active monitoring season. And uh, we're seeing levels at two to three times as high as they should be. Um, Does it vary? I mean, obviously, we dump a lot of salt in the winter, and then in the spring, does it kind of dissipate through the summer and fall and then come back up as we start to dump more salt on again? Yeah, there is there is that cycle. We, we certainly see higher higher levels in, in the winter, and then it is a bit lower in the spring and summer at these at these urban creeks, but it doesn't it doesn't drop down as low as we would expect if it was just from surface runoff. So, um, you know, our working assumption right now, our working theory is that um, there's been so much salt, you know, uh, placed on the system that it's actually uh, moving through the groundwater. And so that's why we're seeing high levels of, um, of salt uh, during the spring and summer as well. So tell us, obviously, Rick, I, I don't drive a snowplow or a, a salt truck, and I don't have a landscaping business that clears driveways during the winter. Uh, I just do my own driveway. So mm-hmm. how can I help and how can our listeners help this effort to reduce the salinity, uh, given that we're probably only working on one building at a time? Okay. Um, yeah, well, first I would say go to our website, hrwc.org, and search for road salt. And we've got lots of articles. We've got lots of tips for the individual, for, um, you know, managers of, uh, you know, commercial uh, properties and such. But generally, the, the advice is get out in front of the storm. So anticipate what's going to happen, shovel often and shovel early and often. Um, and, you know, put the labor into it so that you don't have to use as much salt, which is also an expense. Um, but then, you know, uh, for areas and, and target areas that are, you know, really your, your traffic concern areas, because certainly this is a, you know, a safety concern. You don't want to have ice where you have lots of, uh, you know, pedestrian traffic. Rick Lawson, the watershed planner for the Huron River Watershed Council. Thanks for joining us this morning for Issues of the Environment, bringing us this great information about salinity levels in our local waterways. Thanks for having me on. This is 89.1 WEMU-FM and HD1 Ypsilanti.